0: Hi everyone, the complex PTSD guy here. I wanted to do a follow up to my last podcast. I definitely want to state for this particular podcast that I'm not a doctor, a drug counselor, a dietitian, or a psychologist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own experiences. I want to say that today's podcast is a little bit longer, mostly because of some personal things I want to share towards the latter half. My last podcast talked about the damaging effects of alcohol on our DNA, and that in turn affects your whole body. I want to follow up with some research on how to repair your DNA, depending on the severity of your drinking habits. As I've mentioned in the past, I definitely struggle with binge drinking. I want to talk about something that happened a few days ago on Easter that made me feel very differently in a positive way. It's a really personal story, and part of it relates to my past that I've been intimidated to share, but I'll talk a little bit about that after I discuss my DNA points. I've also posted two new articles to my Twitter account that go along with today's topic. Also, although in this podcast I'm only referencing one of them, the first article, which I won't be covering in this podcast today, it was written by Michelle Starr in January of 2018. And the research for her article can be found in the Nature Journal at nature.com forward slash articles forward slash nature 25154. And the second, which I will talk about here, titled Veggies Contain Chemicals That Boost DNA Repair and Protect Against Cancer. This was found in ScienceDaily.com and was published in 2006 through Georgetown University Medical Center. I want to begin with over the past month I have had really severe depression. It has been some of the worst I've had in years, like not wanting to get out of bed type of depression. I know depression is apparent for a lot of people with any form of PTSD. I recently heard about two people, one was an actor with PTSD and another a YouTube star who struggled with depression and both of them recently committed suicide kind of made me want to do this podcast today to help prevent things like that from happening by simply sharing my own experiences maybe it will help someone one thing that i know of that helps me when i am in this state is maintaining my diet and my exercise to start off with i'm only going to talk about diet so in relation to my last podcast i want to share things that i've studied that can help repair your dna i didn't really know a lot about dna until recently I had my ancestry research through my own DNA about a year ago. It was really eye-opening. I chose a very professional and private group to do this research, and they are called CRI Genetics. They don't report to investors or pharmaceutical companies or the government. They're totally private, and they're run by a genome expert. After I had The study done, on my own DNA, I had several people tell me that I received way more professional results and way more detailed answers to my questions than what they ever received when they had their own ancestry studied through their DNA. Anyways, that was how I got interested in DNA, but for today's topic, I want to share what I learned from the Science News site and remedies I use to fight my own depression. And they're easy. The Science News article stated that, quote, in a study published in the British Journal of Cancer published by the research journal Nature, the researchers show that in laboratory tests a compound called indole 3 I3C, found in broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage, and a chemical called genistein found in soybeans can increase levels of BRCA1 and BRCA2 proteins and these repair damaged DNA. Here's some of my own remedies. As I mentioned months ago, I began working with a personal trainer to get in shape. He put me on a food app called Nutrition IX, and it tells you how much protein, fat, etc. you're eating. I didn't realize how fattening mayonnaise was, as this was one of my favorite dressings for sandwiches. I also didn't realize how fattening certain things like a small bag of potato chips or even a small scoop of a sandwich spread can be. I have mostly cut those things out of my diet. I have read that fried foods can lead to being less happy eating fried foods, and certain foods can make you more happy. Like for example, protein rich foods can help ward off depression. I believe this is totally true. After I started working out with my trainer, he had me drinking protein shakes regularly. I always felt a lot better after drinking them. I felt more mentally stable and balanced, and I felt calmer. During my weight training, I had already learned that broccoli was one of the few foods you can eat that has a good source of protein and is very low in fat. And as I mentioned before, the Science News article includes broccoli in one of its DNA repairing categories. And since I am not a soybean lover, I will simply replace this with soy milk. So soy milk and broccoli are really valuable for DNA repair. And if you've been abusing alcohol, you might want to go to those two foods, and of course try to get the alcohol out of your life. I know that that can be the hard part. I was talking with a massage client the other day about activities we both do for health and how diet can be a tricky thing for people to manage. I told her after using my food app and working with my trainer, I came down to two simple things almost anyone can eat to get their protein and keep the fat away. One is eating a homemade uh, meal, which is a bagel, toasted bagel, with turkey bacon and egg white, and make it into a sandwich each day. I use a plain bagel with no spread on it, and add Genio turkey bacon, and you can buy egg white in a carton. It's a pretty good sandwich. Another is buying low-fat milk and cereal called Post Shredded Wheat Big Biscuit Cereal. It's literally one big shredded wheat biscuit that you put in your bowl. Those are the two easiest things I have found to eat that are good for you, and they're not expensive. Eating healthy can be really challenging, because people think it's expensive and elaborate. But with those two things, it's not expensive or elaborate. It's really no different than cooking bacon and eggs with toast, except you're eating a leaner bacon with egg white and a bagel. And if I want something for dinner, I would get a healthy choice meal that has no rice in it. The rice tends to have more sugar, if I'm not mistaken. So usually meatball marinara or beef merlot, healthy choice meals. Those are two easy things to buy. One other topic that I wanted to quickly share occurred on Easter. This is much more personal. Um, I went to visit an uncle in a nursing home. He fell down and is physically handicapped from an accident he had back in the 1960's when he was drinking and driving. He had a car accident. He had to relearn everything and his memory has always been a little bit fuzzy about things. He even dresses like it's the 1960s. He still wears those clothes. He's kind of stuck in that time frame. He hasn't taken good care of his health over the years. He did stop drinking after the car accident, but he still never really took good care of his health. A lot of it was his diet. It was really hard to see him in the nursing home. He's a really curious person, and he's easy to talk to. He's also a little bit zany, He'll make random comments like, Did you know that space aliens landed in the front yard yesterday? I really mean it. He'll say things like that. which He's always being a little bit humorous, but at the same time you can't tell if he's making it up or not. Anyway, when I was at my lowest point in my life a few years ago and out of work, I came back to Illinois after being in North Carolina for a few months with my friends. I lived with this same uncle when I came back here. I don't know what I would have done if I couldn't have lived with him. My PTSD was all over the place and I was in high survival mode, like as high as you can get. I luckily found a job nearby when I came back to Illinois, but he let me live with him from June of 2018 until October that same year, until I moved out that month in October. It felt like a lifetime because I don't like depending on people. The good thing about living with him is that his home is completely dry. There's no alcohol allowed. And after about one month of living with him, I actually had stopped drinking. It was almost like what I would imagine rehab as being. I don't think I drank until I moved out. But seeing him in the nursing home a couple days ago was really hard. It inspired me to want to get sober again. Remembering staying with him was a good thing for me. I'm going to mention something that I have been intimidated to share, but I was watching an episode of The X-Files on Hulu at about 1 o'clock in the morning last night. I just wasn't tired. And the episode was just too coincidental, and I personally don't believe in coincidences. The episode was Season 1, Episode 13, and it was about... Agent Scully's father dying. What's weird about it is that the father in it is one of the key people from the show Twin Peaks that I've mentioned on here before. Twin Peaks has the character Laura Palmer, who I've discussed here in relation to my own trauma. The X-Files episode was titled Beyond the Sea, just like the song. I didn't know Hulu had X-Files because it's one of my favorite shows. I recently found out X-Files was inspired by Twin Peaks, So go figure. But this episode reminded me a lot of the things that happened to me three years ago, just before I lived with my uncle. Especially the part where Scully sees the blue devil on the wall. So anyway, the point I want to share that I have been intimidated to share has to do with an event that took place three years ago. My trip to the nursing home two days ago reminded me of it. So when I walked in the door of the nursing home, I saw a picture on the wall of a man. Man's name is Barton Warren Stone. I told the nurse that's the guy I wrote my college capstone paper about. And I told her I visited Barton Stone's grave in Kentucky. The way I visited his grave was by very strange coincidence, and I didn't tell her this. And remember, I don't believe in coincidences. So when I was on the drive back from North Carolina after being in like the lowest point of my life. I came across his grave due to really weird accidents on the highway. First, there was a possible mudslide that was going to happen in Asheville, North Carolina, and that's what led me to take a route through Virginia and West Virginia. After that, I went into Eastern Kentucky, but then I had to reroute due to several car accidents on the highway. I took an exit into Lexington, at like one o'clock in the afternoon, and that exit led me right to Barton Stone's grave. The weird thing about this, and this is very personal, is that I had tried to kill myself two days before this happened. And then I randomly end up at the gravesite of the man I wrote my paper about. His site is also a tourist attraction, and there's a museum to him. It's in Paris, Kentucky, which is right outside of Lexington. I felt so, inspired, felt so inspired at that moment because it was like the laws of physics were working in my favor. I had gotten somebody's attention and they led me right to where I needed to be. I totally had no intention of seeing this site because I was planning to go through Asheville and to a completely different area of the country to get back to Illinois. But there, But there I was. It was a gorgeous June morning and I was in the middle of horse country. Kentucky Derby type homes is what surrounds his grave. The old log cabin, which they called the meeting house, was still there. It's protected by another meeting or another building now. It was built in the late 1700s and I wrote about it in my paper. I got to actually go inside of the log cabin. It's a huge huge log cabin and I got to see where events took place that I had studied and written about. It was really cool. I'm glad all of that happened, but I'm particularly glad that my uncle let me live with him just after this event took place. I was glad to see him this past Sunday, and I think just having strong feelings about him as a person really made me want to better myself. Like I said in past episodes, after my big traumatic event that led to my PTSD diagnosis, I basically lost all trust in the human race, but my uncle was... Probably one of the few people whose trust I never gave up on. Like, he's not one of the people that I would see in that way. He may say things like, Did you know space aliens landed in the front yard last night? But he is one of the few people who makes the most sense to me. He's also one of the few sober people I grew up with who weren't off the rockers. That is all I wanted to share today. I hope this can inspire someone. This is the Complex PTSD Guy signing off.